Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligible Podcast. I am Will Stone and he is Chase Caldwell. I'm Chase Caldwell. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Um, <laughs> that pause, I was like, uh, you know, every time you do that, I wonder like, should I do the little like creep in and be, you know, <laughs> I'm Chase Caldwell or should like, do I do it too much? And so, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good bit. Um, we uh, appreciate you joining us however you choose to do so. And we have a lot of good episodes coming up. We have, we've got our positional previews that we're getting into. We're starting uh, conference breakdowns next week. So uh, make sure you're subscribed on your application of choice. Uh, we don't want you to miss anything. Um, but today we are talking running backs and uh, let's get right into it. I know we're, we're excited to talk about this position group. It, it's possibly the deepest position on the team. Uh, we can talk about that. But um, I saw that Phil Steele's magazine came out uh, over the past week, and he has the A&M running back room ranked as the top running back room in the country over the likes of Georgia and Alabama. So, um, really? yeah, yeah. So That's awesome. It's, 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 it's definitely gaining a lot of national uh, recognition, and, and rightfully so. Um, but without further ado, let's get right into the uh, presumed starter. Um, I believe he was a All-American last year, All-SEC, um, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, he carried most of the load last year and really came into his own. Um, I've, I follow a ton of draft guys on Twitter, and they all love this kid. Um, he's more than likely going to uh, depart for the NFL after this year and be a, a fairly high draft pick. But he's got one more year left in an a uniform, and I'm, I'm pumped about him. You know, by far and away, I think this guy is just a – he's just a workhorse. Um you look at his first year with the team, he stepped in and just – I think he took almost every single rep. Um, he almost had to, like like after, he didn't after have, Corbin yeah, we, got we hurt. Didn't really have a didn't really have a choice. And, yeah. And, I mean, he took on a really, really, really tough schedule and just went out there, and, and we still ran it all the time. Um, and and he just took it in stride. I mean, he that freshman year of his, I walked away from that year. If you would have asked me at any point in the year, but definitely at the end of the season, if you would asked me who the toughest person on the team was, I would have told you Isaiah Spiller because just yeah. the amount of hits that he took, knowing that there was really no backup, and he just kept after it and kept after it, he – was very impressive to me. On, I think he played through a broken toe uh, at the end of 2019, like in the I bowl game right. against Oak State. Uh, I think it came out afterwards that he had a broke toe and just wrapped it up and, and played through it. And, and I think he had a pretty good game that game. But um, after his, his freshman season, you know, like he came in 
Uh, he wasn't a midterm guy, so he came in uh, over the summer uh, and went through fall practice. And he, I think he was the not to to uh, talk bad about him, but you know he wasn't overweight by any means, but he was a little bit chubby. Like, you know, he still had a little bit of uh, baby fat on him, but I think you could definitely tell last year that he had spent a lot of time in the weight room, really transformed yeah. his body, uh, and was he, he was pretty durable. I, I know he had a few nicks here and there, but I mean he was getting a, a ton of carries. And uh, I mean, he like he was the the hero of the Florida game. Like that one that one drive, we just gave him the ball, play after play after play, and he uh, you know ends up trucking a linebacker and uh, getting in the end zone and kind of changing the whole mo- the whole momentum of that game. And uh, he he had an outstanding year. Um, I want I've wanted to make this comparison for a while, and now I have a a venue to do so. <laughs> but um, he really is just a really good all around back. Like, I don't know if he, if he's a 10 at any one thing, but he's a nine at all of them. And the comparison I've thought about uh, being a, a diehard Cowboys fan is, uh, is, is DeMarco Murray that I played for the Cowboys for a long time uh, in the early uh, 2010s. Um, just a really solid, just, uh, he blocks well. He has great vision, great balance, uh, makes good cuts, uh, can catch the ball. Um, he doesn't have the the fumble issue that Demarco had, so um, I think I think Demarco may have had a bit more uh, straight line speed coming out of OU, but um, I think it's a good comp, and it wouldn't shock me at all to to see Isaiah go even you know uh, in the first round next year and have a have a great NFL career. Yeah, and well, going back to what we were saying about him just coming out right away as a freshman, I I doubt that was the plan. I doubt that we intended to put all of the weight on his shoulders. Right. But if you look back at that season, he was, he was our guy. I mean, he, he, he led the whole team, I would say, um, just in, in terms of he, he put them on their back, on his back and he put the team on his back though. Yeah. Literally. Like I, I, I wanted to try to avoid that phrase, but I just couldn't, you know what I mean? It fits. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's in my opinion, the quintessential example of that because he was a true freshman coming in. He was very young. Like you said, like maybe he wasn't full on, you know, college football player that, I mean, he hadn't had the time uh, with, with the experts to help him train like, Oh, here's how you lose one pound on this part of your body. You know, like he, he, he was a just straight out high school player, but he grew up very fast and I'm sure he was probably a very mature kid anyways. Uh, But when you're put in that position and you're going into the toughest division of the toughest con- conference in college football, and you're having more snaps than every uh, the more players on the team, for the exception of maybe the quarterback, you know, and you're running the ball 60, 70% of the time. Um, I, you, there was no way you couldn't like him at the end of that yeah. season. Um, yeah. And so, so I think that's really good because not only is he now the, the leader in that group, uh, I think he always has been. And, yeah. and so he has experience leading that group 
by example and gives these guys a lot of just a really good example to to look up to and to learn from and um you wouldn't have expected that from a true freshman player but halfway through his first season that's got to be where where everybody saw him as you know yeah yeah i think going into last season i expected him to have a pretty good year um you know you know last year like like he didn't even start the year as the starter. It was uh, it was it was Anias uh, who oh, really? started, you know, the first game. So we were like, you know, like is is Spiller is he is he lacking a little bit? Like has Anias passed him? Are they gonna you know split carries fifty fifty? And then you know later on, like Spiller really turned it on. Um, that, that allowed Anias to kind of move back to receiver for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought I thought Spiller just got better as the year went on. Uh, he he obviously he showed out against Florida. Um, he had a good game against Mississippi State. Had a heck of a game against Arkansas. Uh, really embarrassed some of the uh, Arkansas defenders and uh, put those plays on his highlight tape. But I mentioned earlier, like I've 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 gotten big into into draft Twitter. I follow probably fifty or so. Uh, I don't know if they're like professional scouts, but like 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 the the Twitter scouts. Um, but even like the big guys, like uh, Lewis Riddick is a big uh, guy on like on the NFL on ESPN, and he's all over Isaiah Spiller. Um, and pretty much everybody you talk to, or everybody you you look at, is like he's he's up there with uh, Brees Hall from Iowa State as probably the the top back in the draft next year. Uh, there, there's some that think he would have been the top back this year uh, if he had been eligible. But um, I, I can't say enough about him. Uh, his you know his, his dad played at A&M. Uh, I think it was, you know, I think he's certainly proud of his son. And uh, I know Isaiah is, I don't know, I just expect him to have a good year. I don't, however, expect him to uh, be in the Heisman talk too much because of the next guy we're going to talk about may uh, dip into his his uh, his carry, uh, his, his workload, and that is Devon A-Chain. Um, if you watch the Orange Bowl and you're a casual fan uh you may have been introduced to Devon A. Chain for the very first time. You're like, who is this kid number yeah. six that uh, is running 75 yards for a touchdown? <laughs> but um, if you're if you're like Chase and I, you've known about him for a few years now, and uh, I think we mentioned on an episode that we were uh, in in Georgia for the game uh, against against the Bulldogs, and he committed that Friday night that we had gotten there, and me and Chase were were going nuts and you know celebrating that he finally committed. Uh, if you go watch the guy's highlight tape in, in high school. It's it's just insane, and I know Chase. This is probably his favorite player, so I'll, I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> yeah, he he is. I do want to say one more thing about Isaiah, which you kind of oh, mentioned, yeah. um, with his dad being a legacy. We already talked about how he grew up quick, and he's been the leader of this running back stable for two years now, and this will be his third year of being you know leading by example, um, and then. Like you said, scouts all over the all over the United States think of him as one of the best running backs in in the country. Um, he's definitely one of the best running backs in the SEC. There's if you have to just assume who is going to be the um, natural leader of our offense this year, just in terms of of just leadership qualities and and 
a player that people look up to, it's got to be him. Um, I, I you just there's so much to love about him. He's such a good kid. He he just seems to have just such a great head on his shoulders. Like I I don't know. I I I really 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 like him and and I think um you know, if you look back in our history def- definitely during the Sumlin years um we flip-flopped a lot on what type of running back we would incorporate in our system you know we would have the fast shifty running backs for a little bit and then we would have the big bruiser running backs you know and it was kind of like we couldn't figure out where and he just seems to be that that perfect mesh between the two um he's tough he's fast he's quick i mean he's he will be a quality quality running back in the nfl um but i think I do think that we'll see him perform a lot this year. But that being said, yes. A-Chain <laughs> is my absolute favorite college football player, maybe of all time. Um, there's a lot of really good players out there that I've, I've enjoyed watching through the years. Um, so it would be kind of hard to compare him to like LaVisca Chenault or, you know, um, Vince Young, you know, just different, like just Johnny Manziel, Reggie Bush. Yeah, just the 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 elites of college football. Um, so it'd be hard to compare him to those, but honestly, that would be a better comparison <laughs> for me than than uh, to try to compare him to just other other players in in college football. In my opinion, he was probably the most underrated recruit that I've ever followed. Um, and he was still pretty highly rated, but he was, he is so fast that it is wild. When you watch his tape, it's like 17 minutes of nothing but touchdowns. I don't remember. And I don't have the statistics in front of me to be able to tell you exactly how many touchdowns he had at the varsity level and in the, best division of of texas high school football it was over 100 i remember that (laughs) i do know it was over 100 you're you're right about that i want to say it was 123 but it was he his high school tape is just insane i still watch it from time to time he is he's emily's favorite player whenever he would get on the field last year you know just for a play or two emily would go berserk you know and (laughs) And that's because, like, she's sat there while I watch him on YouTube and watch, you know, his different interviews. She thinks he's, he's, uh, you know, like he he's so nice. She's always like, yeah. he seems so nice, you know. And he well, does his, seem really his, nice. His, you know? uh, his interview after the Orange Bowl win, because he was the MVP. Um, and as we know, like, like freshmen don't talk to the media at A&M. Mm-hmm. So, like... His first, his first interview is on national television at the Orange Bowl after winning yeah. MVP, and uh, he's just like so like quiet and soft spoken, and just seems really like like a like a super nice kid. Yeah. Um, I, I know that he won he won Brittany over as well. In his, oh yeah, in his Emily, interview. Emily just was oh he's so cute, you know he's so cute, <laughs> and and you know he is he's a he's a good soft spoken kid. Um, he just seems like he he's. I don't know. He reminds me of one of my one of my friends growing up. Uh, there was a guy named Dazon that was 
my best friend growing up. Um, in fact, his mom cut my hair today. Um, but, but he reminds me a lot of days on just a good softly spoke spoken kid, but that, that is just one of the best human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. That's who he reminds me of. He may not be that way, but he sure seems that way. Uh, but even, but past his character, let's look at his (laughs) athleticism. Oh my gosh. He is so, uh, so fast. Yeah. So like when he was, when he was a recruit, you know, after his junior year, uh, like before I'd watched his film, I've got this kind of like, I guess this, this bias against track stars uh, as football players. Mm-hmm. And, and like, this, this was before I'd, I'd seen any film of him, but all I knew about him was that he, he ran a really fast uh, 100 meter time, which is, which is great. Like he's, I mean, he just set like a, he didn't set records, but I think he was a track all American um, super fast and that's great. But uh, yeah. like not all track stars make great football players. So I'm, I'm hesitant to, to go in on a player, uh, as a as a big time player, just because they run a good track time. Uh, well, then I watched his tape, <laughs> and this is this is not your average bear. <laughs> like, yeah. He is a football player that happens to be good at track. Also, like he's he's built like a running back. He's uh, extremely strong and built in his lower body. Um, he's he, he's a football playing dude. Like he can, and the thing is. He doesn't do it a ton on his high school tape, but he's actually got excellent hands. And mm-hmm. like I know he had one big catch for AM last year, but I'd like to see him, you know, involved even more in that because I think it's just one more way to, to stress defenses. Yeah. Well, uh, this is kind of a a um, peripheral point, I guess. Um, I this goes to scouting guys, I guess. I think. Ryan Broniger with Texags is one of the best. Um, I don't know what you would call them. Evaluators. Evaluators. Thank you. Uh, one of the best evaluators in the business. Um, and and I'm talking specifically about guys that might not get as much of a look as they should nationally. It just seems like at least one guy in every recruiting cycle, he will start to talk about like uh, A-Chain. He was all about um, Layden Robinson. He was all about Bryce and, Foster. And he, Bryce Foster, he was all about. But Bryce Foster was also like a, a really recruit. high yeah, yeah national recruit. But I'm talking more of like guys that might be a three or four star, you know, fringe four star, like low four star player. And that Bronny's like, this guy is incredible. They always turn out to be really, really good players. And so that that makes me think that he's a really good evaluator. But the reason I make that point is if you go back and listen to any of his old um, interviews with A-Chain, you could, you know how you could tell, like people listening, you could tell that I'm smiling right now as opposed to <laughs> if I'm not smiling. You can You can hear a smile. And and a lot of times, like you could you could hear how excited Bronny was to be interviewing the guy because you could just hear like how excited he was about this recruit. And so when he when he uh, committed to us originally, I was I was 
so excited. So, so excited. And going back to him being kind of like a quiet kid, it was in the middle of the night. He just posted a, like a, a a picture or something of Kyle Field. Like it, it wasn't this this big, you know, video motivational picture of, you know, <laughs> I came from the bottom, now I'm here kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was like, hey, A&M, I'm going to commit to y'all. You know, like it was very, very like humble. And, yeah. uh, but I, I, I say all that to say, Bronny, I remember watching one of the, one of the tapes and, and it was right after he committed, Bronny was talking about, go watch his, his high school tape. And there's a play that's maybe two or three minutes in, um, where he's, he bounces it outside and, and he's running and then he notices that that the defender is kind of closer to him than he would like and all of a sudden he he puts it in this higher gear that that you don't ever see and so when you I know watch exactly his, what play you're talking about yeah when you watch his tape a lot of that is him jogging and and he's it, the best player on on the field <laughs> and it's just him just jogging but when he has to put in that that overdrive yeah it it it's literally like playing uh nfl blitz 2003 and you hit turbo yeah. like you he it's it's like he just all of a sudden has this huge turbo that nobody can keep up with and it's and, not to say that he's not a high effort player because he is but oh very he, much like so, he, yeah. he only like he's so talented he only does as much as he has to because he's aware of how good he is and how fast he is like yeah like on the play you said he's like oh like well, I'm gonna have to, you know, speed it up a little bit, and he just, you know, hits like just, just hits the gas, and he's gone. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous that the, the the things that he can do on a football field. Yeah, and so so those of you who might have no idea uh, what what he looks like other than may, maybe the Orange Bowl, um, just think back to Christian Kirk, think to you know Speedy Noel, and and some of those plays that those guys made and how they just looked magic out on the yeah. field and that if you could get them out in space they they weren't going to go down they nobody was going to catch them um that's that's this kid but even probably to a higher degree i mean he you know what? is I, so fast i think i'll go find his uh his his senior highlight on youtube and just link it in the episode so yeah, folks can go we, click on we that. definitely need to do that because yeah it's uh, it's so much fun to watch and he's another one where his highlights are on on YouTube, um, which which if you if you do follow recruiting, you know that not all the recruits put their stuff on YouTube, and it no. never really ends up there. You have to go on Huddle, and sometimes it's hard to watch them, you know, because you have to filter through ads or whatever. But um, yeah, he 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 is he. The only other tape that I can remember watching that I was like as excited about that I would watch over and over again was Speedy Noel. Yeah. And um but I just think I just think he is he is an incredible player, got an incredible head on his shoulders. But he proved himself this year in multiple occasions. Of course he did in the in the Orange Bowl, but he played he played throughout the year too, um, and his very first touchdown was a very hard-fought touchdown. It wasn't wasn't mm-hmm. straight up, you know, running, and so he he proved pretty 
pretty early on that he he's not just a if you get him out in space you're you know he can beat you but if you can contain him he can't he's not like that he can run you over too oh yeah and um he's he's very much a between the tackles running runner just as much as he is out in space but um but yeah he he will be you know i do i think that he will be one of the top running backs in the nation this year yes i do i think both he and spiller will um and do i think this will be his best year with a&m no i do not i think uh um, yeah. next year and maybe even the following year he is going to set the world on fire um and he'll be he will be a very very exciting player to watch uh, yeah. just because he's so so quick so fast and it's just it's going to be like it's going to be like Anaya Smith, you know, um, but to a much higher degree. Again, I, I would say probably Christian Kirk would be the best comparison um, of recent years just because yeah. he's going to play a lot like that. Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let, let's talk about his usage real quick before we move yeah. on to some other players. Um, like you said, he, he kind of came on uh, about halfway through the year and scored his first touchdown against Arkansas. Um, he – you know, showed out against Auburn. I think he had uh, 99 yards on nine carries. And, um, you know, obviously he, he showed out in the Orange Bowl. But it seemed like um, – <clears throat> excuse me. It seems like he only came in late in games. And I think we see a difference in that this year. I think – Oh, I agree wholeheartedly on that. Like uh, I know that we, we were talking off camera or off uh, – like before we recorded about – um some of Jimbo's past years. Uh, and one thing I just remembered was in 2013, the year that Jimbo won it all with Florida State, uh, he had three backs with at least 10 touchdowns. So he, I think he prefers to like not ride one guy. I think he wants to have multiple backs uh, get, you know, like, like I guess get a lot of touches. And I think we see that a lot more often. I think we see um, him and Isaiah split more of the, of the workload throughout the game and not just in the in the end of games and uh you, you could also see him go two back and put spiller and a-chain on the field at the same time and still have you know an is in the slot and your other weapons out there yeah because they're they're all together different players um and how they like where, where their strengths are uh, so if you have them both on the field that's a that's a that's a tough thing to defend because you don't know if you need to go heavier, if you need to, you know, try to cut down on the space and, and it, it would prevent you from being able to sell out to either one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of Jimbo's Jimbo has a type in my opinion. Um, if you go back and look at some of his just insanely, insanely good players through the years, um, you've got, you've got, uh, oh, Devontae Freeman. Um, you have, who, who else helped me out? Um, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Um, Cam Akers. Cam Akers. Travion, whenever he came on, um, he, he turned Travion into a stud. Travion was already a stud, though. Yeah. Um, but then if you look at Anaya Smith and what he's done with Anaya Smith, 
um, Devon A-Chain, um, and then Amaria Daniels and, and Yule Keith Brown, they all fit this mold of being like sub six foot, you know, they're like five, eight, five, nine, um, 200 pound, maybe somewhere between 180 and 200. Like yeah. they're, they're kind of little guys. And, um, he turns them all into just some of the best players to, to play college football. Um, and, and it's probably because they already are, and he just takes them and, and uses them. Yeah. And, and so it makes you look at somebody like Christian Kirk maybe, and you think like, what could he have done with that player? Because um, Coach Sumlin did really good with with some of those smaller guys, but, but Jimbo seems to really like those guys. And so you don't see these huge, you know, burly running backs. You see more little shifty guys that – that can really mess you up, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and they're still built though. Like they're not, you know, yeah. five, eight, one seventy, they're five, eight, two Oh five. You know? Right. 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 Um, <laughs> but it, it's just, it's just funny. Cause I feel like all of his, his guys are like kind of short, you know, smaller guys. Um, yeah. and then he turns them into phenomenal players, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think we both think that those two guys are going to command the lion's share of the running back carries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we're going to save our our talk about Anaya Smith for the receivers. We both believe he'll he'll probably play about ninety five percent of the snaps uh, of his snaps at receiver. Um, I do think he may you know mix it up maybe a couple times a game and get a few carries here and there. I know Jimbo likes to you know experiment with different uh, personnel sets and like move formations without changing players. I know he did that mm-hmm. against uh, uh, Tennessee last year where they would get to the goal line. Uh, he put Spiller at fullback, brought in Anias from out wide, put him at running back, and scored on that play. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think he'll do it. But you won't see Anias get the carries that he got last year. But some other guys, the the third running back uh, position on this team is kind of a battle. You know, there's uh, a couple of bigger guys that came in last year that played a little bit in some mop up duty, but didn't play a ton. Um, one is uh, Ernest Crownover, who we mentioned uh, last episode, who blue-shirted. Uh, Juco back from Kilgore. Um, what is he, about 6'1", uh, 225? He's, he's a bigger back. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, uh, all, all these sorry, three... All, all these other three are, are bigger backs, I would say. Uh, and you said Crownover, Darvon Hubbard, and, and DeAndre Jackson. Yeah. Um, they're all, all bigger guys. And I would say that I don't know that they're they're going to be competing for who who comes third. I think they're really their position group is really going to be um, there for interspersing between um, Isaiah and and A Chain, and I think they're going to be really utilized um, to help keep those guys fresh um, because you'll see. I think. You can see them play split back sets. We we saw some of that last year, um, where where they would they would be out there. Um, I don't know necessarily. Like I hate to say that they'll be utilized as a fullback, uh, because I I don't think that they'll just be strictly a fullback. But but you know a a set where you have two running backs, um, with them being one of them is like a leading blocker and yeah. to be able to. Because they're they're all three guys that if you hand them the ball, 
they're they're still going to perform really well. Yeah. And and so I think it's a step up from if you look in the past at our fullbacks, you know, they they traditionally are walk-ons um and and I I feel like we might want to uh try to use some of the really good talent that we have um in that space to where we add one more threat on the field as opposed to just one more blocker. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're all good. I think they're all good backs. Um, I think we, I think we may not see a ton from them until, uh, after Spiller is gone just because yeah. like, because, because him and HN are so good, like they're going to get just like so much of the workload. Um, but, but these are good backs that we have waiting in the wings to take over. Um, mm-hmm. we talked about crown over, uh, he looked good in the spring game. Uh, I'm a big fan of DeAndre Jackson. He's uh, he's he's from Georgia. He's probably six foot, uh, 230 pounds. Uh, I thought he looked good in the spring game. He caught the ball really well, uh, broke yeah. some tackles. Um, I, I didn't see much from from Hubbard in the spring game. I think he was out with an injury, but uh, he's a, he's a similar size to those guys and uh, a, a a pretty solid player in his own right as well. And then in the in the incoming class, uh, we have. A back that was rated a five star by some services. I think he was a composite four, but uh, L.J. Johnson from from Cyfair, uh, he's more of the five foot ten, you know, 200, 210 pound back that the Jimbo tends to tends to go after, and a uh, really talented player. And you you might see him push into that conversation uh, and get some of those carries after the top two guys. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be. I would compare him. If I'm comparing him to other players that we've seen on the team, he, he's more in tune with uh, with uh, a chain. I mean, I'm sorry, not a chain. Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. He he. They they've got a similar size, a similar you know running ability, and he is a phenomenal player. Um, so it, it's kind of like you're hitting the reset button where you have him coming in as a true freshman, just like we did. Whenever um, Spiller came in as a true freshman, he is—he does have the talent that if we had to rely on him every single play, like we did Spiller his first year, I think he absolutely could do that. But so I think he would be your natural third. Uh, really, actually, I—I I think that if we ever got to the point that we really needed a third back, we probably would pull Anias back in. Um, but I just don't know that we'll really need that because I I think you're going to see the lion's share split between Spiller and A Chain. Yeah. Um, and then and I think you'll see Hubbard Jackson and Crownover interspersed between them. You know, to give them give them a player to rest. Um, and and so I I just think I think uh, we may not see very much of LJ this year, but. That's okay. I, I, I mean, that's that's what's that ought to show you the depth that we have at this position oh, because yeah. two years ago we had a really talented freshman player come in and we had one injury and all of a sudden he's a starter and he played ninety five percent of the snaps mm-hmm. and um, we're. We have that same player coming on this team, and we might not even see him take five percent of the snaps this year. Yeah. Um, let's hope that none of them get hurt. That's always yeah. my hope is that nobody gets hurt, but that is also part of the game too, you know. Yeah, but it's it's a very deep, very talented running back room, 
And it really just sets up uh, incredibly well for the next few years. Like this year you have the duo Spiller and A-Chain. Next year you have uh, maybe A-Chain and LJ or A-Chain and uh, Ernest Crownover, something like that. But there's so many options that one of these guys is going to turn into a big time player. And then, you know, this is very early, but I, I think I would expect that, you know, A-Chain will probably leave early as a as an NFL draft pick after what we expect him to do these next two seasons. So, um, yeah. you know, it just like, and then you have LJ and um, Amari Daniels, who we didn't even, we, we didn't, haven't said much about him well, yet. I, but I, I was about to mention him um, yeah. because the way that I look at it, and this might not be like a very uh, technical way to look at it maybe, but I, I see three groups of running backs. I see these, the first group is is these um, your your main players that are are tough and hard runners and and they could run you clear over and they're a force to be reckoned with and in that group I put Isaiah and LJ. Um, then I I see this this secondary crop of guys who are. Um, you know they're there to really help the team. Um, they're they're good, reliable guys. Uh, they they offer a threat, but they're not like they're not Heisman contenders necessarily. But they are still really good running backs that that can add in. That's where I see Hubbard, Jackson, and Crownover. Um, and then that third crop is is more of an all-purpose back, um, and maybe could could call a slot receiver as well um, because they're kind of these these uh, jack-of-all-trade guys um, and we have a bunch of those and that's where that's yeah. where I would put a chain that's where I would put Anaya Smith that's where I would put Amari Daniels that's where I would put Yul Keith Brown um, he's he's one we haven't talked about either but um, but so if we're going to make comparisons on the way that these guys play Amari Daniels is going to be very much like a chain his tape is a lot of fun to watch as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very similar to Anias. He's very similar to A-Chain. He's very quick, very shifty, but you could put him anywhere on the field and he's going to perform well. And Yule Keith is exactly the same way, which we'll talk about him more in the receiver episode because we expect that he'll play more at the yeah. slot receiver position and might come down to play running backs if we needed him. But I, I, don't, I don't think we need him yeah, at that think- position. Yeah, I think Yul Keith compares very favorably to Anias. Um, also, if you're unfamiliar with those two guys we just talked about, um, Yul Keith Brown and Amari Daniels, uh, they are both uh, true freshmen that just got here this summer, um, both from Miami Central High School, played on the same team, and they just destroyed everyone they played <laughs> last year yeah. with that combo. <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're good, and that's a huge school to break into. Yeah, um, That's one of the benefits that – we might have mentioned, but but um, having Jimbo, I mean, you got to think Jimbo in the state of Florida is probably like a, a lot like Mac Brown in the state of Texas. I was just you about know, to like say that. <laughs> As his, you were saying his, that, I was like, he's going to say Mac Brown in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, because because everybody in Texas knows Mac Brown. Yeah. You know, everybody in Florida, I guarantee, knows Jimbo Fisher. And so yeah. um, those and still Florida do. State teams that these guys grew up watching – we're all coached by Jimbo Fisher, and yeah. um, that's that's really really big to them, and and that's why like 
that's that's what's cool about it is we're already in in my opinion the number one state to like the the number one place to recruit from in the state of Texas. Yeah. Um, but there's there would be a really good argument that Florida is more talented than Texas. Um, and that's almost almost like a constant argument in college football is which one has the better players. Yeah. But not only are we in the state of Texas and and um, have that to our advantage, but we've got the one of the best um, one of the biggest names in the state of Florida over here coaching for us now, and and we're seeing these guys like. Miami Central is a huge school to be recruiting from, and um, I think it, it it says something that we got their two best players. Yeah. Speed kills, and Florida's got it. Um, to wrap us up here, we'll spend a couple minutes um, talking about maybe some potential uh, running backs that could join A&M in the future in this 2022 recruiting class. Um, Chase, I don't know if you follow it very much, but uh, I, I can uh, take this part if you'd like. Yeah, go for it. Um, because I, I really don't. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really watched this one as closely here lately. Yeah. Um, I think they'll end up taking just one, but it's going to be a very highly rated guy, uh, whoever it ends up being. Uh, they're looking at uh, a kid from Tyler Legacy. His name is Jamarion Miller. Um, he he's he's got a lot of juice. He compares favorably to uh your typical Jimbo back. You know, five ten, maybe two hundred pounds. Uh, super explosive kid. Um. He's, he's one of the top options. They're looking at uh, Trevante Citizen from Louisiana. Um, LSU's pushing there, but we'll see if, uh, if A&M can land him. He's, he, he honestly compares pretty well to Spiller. Um, really similar in size. Uh, makes, like, like he's got pretty good vision, makes good cuts. And then a third guy they're looking at is uh, Le'Veon Moss, who uh, just committed to Alabama a few weeks ago, but turned around the next week and uh, visited A&M. So... Uh, we'll definitely keep you up to date if uh, any moves get made there, but uh, you can rest assured that Jimbo's going to land a good back. Um, he's got an eye for it. This offense is always going to run the football. Um, it's a very uh, enticing offense for a for a good back to come in and play. What what's the story on? Um, is it Brennan Thompson? Brennan, yeah. Um, Brennan Thomas. Uh, Thompson, yeah. Thompson. Um, uh, so he is. He's, uh, he's out. Is he a running back or is he a receiver? He's more of a receiver, um, okay. but I, th- I think he could. I think we we've said this about a couple of guys, but he, he honestly could be like Anias to where he, you know, plays mostly slot, but maybe you know takes a few handoffs here and there. Yeah, he's he's a smaller guy. Um, he's probably five eight, one seventy, but extremely fast and extremely quick. Um, not just a track guy by any means. And he's up in the Panhandle or something, right? He's from Spearman, Texas, uh, which is closer to Laramie, Wyoming, than it is to College Station. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a fun fact of the day. <laughs> so it's, it's up there. I know we've got – we may have a few, uh, few of our dairy farmer friends that have, uh, have places in, up in, um, in Dalhart. They, I bet they know where Spearman is. It, it, oh, it's I'm probably sure. in their district. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if I'm any good at geography, it, it probably is. But um, anything else on running backs? I don't think so. I think if there's a position that everybody should be excited about this year, it's going to be running backs. Um, and I think, which we'll get into more when we cover the offensive line, uh, there's a lot of questions at O-line because we had 
just a phenomenal line where four of the five of them left. Um, so I think we'll see a, a drop off there, uh, which could limit how successful our running backs are. But right. it's good to know that we've got this um, this talent at running back that could hopefully make up for what we might drop off a little bit on the O line. And yeah. we've already covered the quarterbacks, so you know if Haynes King is is your quarterback and you've got this talent at at running back and then you've got a really shifty and hard to hard to contain quarterback um that helps when you have an inexperienced line and and so i i think it's good that we have this because i I really think this group of guys that we just talked about are going to be who really carries our team this year yeah and to add on to that we're talking receivers on our next uh, position breakdown and to go along with the quarterback if we're you know, taking some more deep shots, that opens it up even more for these running backs to, to really go to work. Um, mm-hmm. Last thing I wanted to mention on A-Chain, I meant to say this earlier, but my favorite my favorite uh, broadcasting moment during an A&M game last year was uh, during Mississippi State, I think we were already, like the game was already well in hand. It was in the fourth quarter, and A-Chain was getting a couple of carries. And the, the broadcasters were talking about him, and one of the guy goes, one of the guys goes, um, yeah. In high school, he averaged uh, eleven yards a carry. And the other guy goes, well, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it was right though. <laughs> he's he's incredible. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be very special to watch. Um, I think the running game is uh, only going to improve off of of how good it was last year, but. Um, Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And uh, this coming Tuesday, we're going to be breaking down the SEC West, which we're pumped about that. And then our next position breakdown will be the receivers and tight ends. So um, make sure you tune into that as well. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, tell a friend about our show. Um, leave a five-star review and get your questions in. Uh, we posted on Facebook on Wednesday that we're, you know, starting to curate some questions for our uh, Q&A episode in July. So uh, make sure you get those in and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks guys.